This podcast is part of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts, visit red5network.com. Do you like sci-fi, fantasy, action, adventure, and comic books? Then you've come to the right place for your weekly dose of anything and everything geek. So strap in and let's get this show on the road. Welcome to the Science Fictionary Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to the Science Fictionary Podcast, hosted by thesciencefictionary.com. I'm David, and joining me today, as always, is Andrew. What's going on, everybody? And Marisha. Hello, everybody. So usually on these shows, we like to, we like to pick a fun topic to talk about uh, along with the news. But this past week, we had just a metric ton of news come out related to Star Wars, Marvel, some mon- and mostly Marvel, and then some non-Marvel stuff. Um, all the Star Wars news is huge. That's probably the most news we got. I mean, there's a ton of stuff here, but luckily enough, we actually have a sister show, Coruscant Radio Underground, which you can check out. That'll feature all of that news being discussed. We're going to save it all for that. Um, But needless to say, we're all extremely excited about all of that stuff. But you can hear us talk about that on the other show. And for the Science Fictionary show, we're going to go through all the Marvel news and the small bit of non-Marvel related news that came out in the past couple of weeks. And there's so much that we're just going to jump right into it. Um, so let's get the non-Marvel stuff out of the way. Uh, every Warner Brother movie coming out in 2021, it's also going to be released on HBO Max simultaneously. What yeah. do you guys think about that? That sounds... That's a thing. I mean, that's pretty big to me because we've been talking yeah. for like, oh, years now about streaming services taking over and now like warner brothers is is arguably the second biggest movie producer on the planet behind disney um and all their stuff's going to be on a streaming service at the exact same time that it's in a movie what do you Mm -hmm. guys think i can't figure out exactly what dc's motive for that is i don't know if they're just worried that there's a couple of things going on. There's a couple of things that have happened recently that, that could be playing a role here. Um, just first off, at face value, like I've said, when you when they decide to go to these hybrid releases, it feels like they're just trying to minimize their losses. Yeah. Um, and so they've got this way. They can try to minimize their losses and try to prop up this new streaming service as well, which I I really think that Disney probably has the other streaming services sweating a little bit right now. I mean, how could they not? Um, I I think, I think that announcement last week at the investors meeting probably was just far beyond anything anyone was expecting. I, I mean, I sort of expected Marvel to like hit the ground running because that's what Kevin Feige does. But I don't think anybody expected what came out of Lucasfilm. Oh, no. You've got collectively two of the biggest IPs on the planet that just announced that they're going to drop 10 new series each on Disney Mm -hmm. Plus. So I don't know if they're worried that they need to dump all that in there to try to prop up HBO Max. 
and, and get it going or, but it, it, you know, I don't know what their numbers are looking like. I know that Disney plus we, who really hasn't had anything to this point other, you know, as far as original material, I mean, they've got a few things, but I mean, the only big thing is the Mandalorian, which is, is yeah. huge. I mean, it, it's right now the Mandalorian is star Wars. It, it, it's massive, but Disney has already Disney Plus has already hit. They've already hit their five year goal for subscribers. The high end of their five year. Well, goal. the high end of their five year goal. They had a range. They wanted somewhere between like sixty and ninety million in the first five years, and they're already at like eighty six and a half million subscribers. Jesus. And so I don't really know. If the other, I don't know what the position, I don't know what kind of success the other streaming services have been having. I mean, it, it makes sense that, one, I think that Disney estimated low, but I, I do think that everybody being stuck at home has helped with that. Absolutely. But Netflix hasn't had the same kind of boom, and I, I don't think HBO Max has, but you could argue that it, it's kind of because of limited material, but they are ramping that up. Mm-hmm. Um, and most people already had Netflix if they didn't get mad and cancel it. Right. Now, here is my concern. I, I mean, I know me and you, David, we're, we'll have a little bit different opinion on the on the digital releases, you know, coinciding that, uh, you know, our opinion of what the future of movies looks like. Um, I still think the future of movies is theaters for your big movies. I do think I do expect to see a lot more stuff made for the streaming services just because they can spend mm-hmm. somewhere in between the amount of money you would spend for a TV movie and a theater movie. So you can make a higher quality than TV movie, mm-hmm. but still low enough of a budget that you can still make money with it. Um, but something happened that was kind of big news and that there has been a law for a little over 70 years that prohibited studios from owning theaters. So I honestly believe that Warner Brothers, as you said, one of the biggest movie-making studios on the planet, is trying to devalue theaters so that they can purchase them. Okay, so that makes sense, yeah. Um, It's going to take a lot more than just Warner Brothers movies coming on the HBO Max, but it's a... Well, I mean, you're still taking some big movies. I mean, arguably, that arguably DC, I mean, they're they're saying they're doing this, but a lot of what I've seen online is, well, they only had like one of those I would have gone to the theater to see anyway kind of mm-hmm. responses. So it may just read that they're not all that confident in what they've got. But... That, this is this is going very poorly for them right now in that the studio or some of the big directors are already attacking them. Uh, uh, Denny uh, Villeneuve is probably, I'll be shocked if he doesn't sue the studio. Over Dune. Over Dune. And as well as, oh, yeah. what? who was it that fronted, Legendary fronted 75% of the budget for Dune. Led in in HBO may or Warner Brothers made this decision without consulting the production company that provided seventy five percent of the budget. That's just a bonehead move. 
So cause problems. I, I don't even well, know that. But I, I think yeah, so. I, I think that we're probably fixing to see either some real nasty lawsuits at Warner Brothers, or we're going to see Warner Brothers backpedal on the decision. Yeah. The thing is, they've now that they've done it, there's going to be pushback either way. Right. They're they're they now they've gotten themselves in a darned if you do and darned if you don't situation. And and really, all you can do is like you said, you know, the two of the biggest studios on the planet. You've got Disney, or at least everything under Disney's umbrella, and then Warner Brothers and everything under their umbrella, and they're ta- they're they're taking two very very different approaches to this. Mm-hmm. Disney has just said, we're going to wait and we're going to release our stuff in theaters whenever that's viable. I mean, I think right. the, the, the crash and burn that was Mulan sort of made them go, ooh, maybe not. I mean, they, they're certainly not going to do Black Widow that way. Yeah. Right. Well, I, think, I am beyond curious to, to find out how uh, Wonder Woman's going to do mm-hmm. uh, on Christmas. Because that's really the ultimate, like comparison there is is black widow and wonder woman yeah you have disney who i've had black black widow ready to go since what was it may May. yep um who have been like nope we're gonna wait and then you've got warner brothers who are just gonna drop wonder woman on christmas which i think also might be amazing because something about watching a superhero movie on christmas especially wonder woman sounds really nice Mm -hmm. but so i'm probably gonna watch it but I, I really am curious to see how that turns out because you're right. Mulan was a crash and burn, but Wonder Woman. Uh, I mean, no offense to Mulan fans, but Wonder Woman is on a whole other level than a Mulan property. So, right. That, I mean, it, this could happen. Wonder Woman could come out and like nobody could purchase it, and then Warner Brothers might backtrack on this announcement. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, they honestly should have. They should have waited till after Wonder Woman drops on HBO Max um, to announce all of this. To announce, just, yeah, like I, I, yeah. I'm super surprised they didn't. They, they just had that much confidence in Wonder Woman being successful on Christmas. I mean, what are the early like reviews for Wonder Woman saying? Has anybody seen it yet? Yeah, I don't think the embargo on reviews has been lifted yet. Um, a lot of big movies, it's like a week before. Yeah. So we're getting close, but I don't think we have anything yet. But I don't know. I mean, it's it's an interesting move by Warner Brothers and HBO to go ahead and do that. Um, I think I think AT and T, the parent company, is probably pushing that. Uh, of the of the entities there, I would assume that AT and T, if if I if what I said is right about the possibility of them wanting to get into the theater game their own selves, it's going to be AT&T that's going to want those. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I think it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out over the year. And, it, and it's going to be interesting to see how things play out with Disney. Uh, Disney's taking a totally different approach. Disney is taking the approach that, well, you know, we've got enough money <laughs> to just wait this out and Mm -hmm. they are making bank on disney plus so they can afford to just sort of sit on their huge movies that they need to make a billion dollars right Mm -hmm. until they think that 
that the world has reached a point where they can release it and make that kind of money. So yeah, I, I don't know how the streaming thing is going to play out. It has the potential to change the face of movie going. Absolutely. Yeah, depending on the way this goes, it could either stop other companies from pursuing this, or mm -hmm. it could make other companies say, "Oh, we need to do this. Mm -hmm. um, this is a this is a good. This is going to be the big the big test." Because, uh, like I said, we've been talking about it for years now of this happening, and and you know, COVID has just pushed it more and more that direction. So, yeah, this is a, it's a pretty big deal. Um, but we really don't know anything. It's all speculation until it happens, right? And, until we see what the responses are going to be. Yeah. Um. So, moving on, uh, we have one more big piece of non-Marvel news, and it's also related to Warner Brothers. It's about the Snyder Cut. Uh, Batman's going to say the F word. Hooray, right. now I can't take my kids to yeah. see it. Zack Snyder still doesn't get it, does he? He, uh, <laughs> he still doesn't understand the issues with I, Justice League. As soon as I saw that, my first thought was... You know, my my original thought when they when they finally said, "Yeah, we're going to do it. We're going to do the Snyder cut." And they're only doing it because they know all of those hardcore fans are going to run out and subscribe to HBO Max. It's the only reason mm -hmm. they agreed to do it in the first place. 100%. So so they they've decided to do that, but then you my first thought was, "But what if it's just as bad as the original cut?" <laughs> or what if it's worse? Mm -hmm. And it seems well, like, like they're that. just trying to cram more and more stuff in it. And it, it's like every time I hear a report, it's a little bit weirder. Um, the the rated R thing, I mean, that automatically cuts your number of people that are going to go get it. Mm -hmm. um, R-rated movies, I, I don't, I mean, I don't care what you think about R-rated movies. You may love R-rated movies. You may want to see more R-rated movies. R-rated movies, as we've said here over and over and over again, do not make near the money of PG-13 mm -hmm. films. My, I agree with you 100%. And, you know, my biggest issue with it is, like, there's no point at all for that to happen. So you have Deadpool, right? An R-rated comic book movie. But Deadpool as a character, arguably needed to be R-rated. I mean, that's who he is. Deadpool right. says the F word and, and, you know, makes uh, jokes about uh, men's genitalia. Like, that's just what he does. De Deadpool's uh, a character that you don't make unless you're going to make it R-rated because yeah. you're making it for the fans of that character and anything yeah. else is not that character. Exactly. Batman is not Deadpool. <laughs> Superman is not Deadpool. Wonder Woman is not Deadpool. The Flash is not Deadpool. These are... There's no reason. Now, it might be funny sometimes. I've read comic books where Batman says the F word, and that's it's fine. But it would never be like a source of news. Like, just the fact that this is like a piece of news that he's going to say the F word just says to me that like Snyder still doesn't get it. He uh -huh. just doesn't get it, does he? He no. doesn't get these characters. He doesn't get the world. I mean, I read my my hatred for him has grown over the past couple of weeks because I've been reading more and more about him. In an interview, he said the word. He said these words in my movie. 
Batman could get raped in prison. Oh. Yeah. Wow. It's so cool. Everything's got to be, like, weird and edgy. And, I mean, we're getting, like, all emo, like, it's the early 2000s. And, like, let's just let that rest in peace, y'all. The whole emo thing. Exactly. But it's this. But you're right. He doesn't understand the source material. It's all about just trying to be as edgy as possible. And Mm -hmm. honestly, I think a lot of it is just coming from a place of sheer arrogance. Because every time I've seen an interview with him or anything from him since they said, yeah, we're going to do the Snyder Cut, it has been pure arrogance. And the thing is, it has been proven that that kind of attitude towards like, Screw the source material. I'm doing my own thing. I'm making my own piece of art set in this universe. And if you don't like it, then you can take a long hike on a short pier. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that the recent, you know, drama that Star Wars has been undergoing should be ample evidence that that attitude does not make for a unified and happy fan base. Yeah, but see, here's the thing. In Warner Brothers and DC, it's it's not just Snyder. It, it's Warner Brothers that doesn't get it. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. frankly, these are the movies that they've been making all along. Um, we had to have super edgy Superman, which, you know, <laughs> whatever. It, it's a little much. Um, I like Man of Steel just fine, but mm-hmm. it could have been better. Like, there are people that act like that's the quintessential Superman film. It's not. I liked it, but I felt like it just lost. It like kept, it just had this attitude that it's like, if you are good and upstanding and, you know, just this moral bastion, you have to be so boring. You wouldn't even believe. And you just, you have to be miserable and boring. I mean, and and that's kind of, in some ways, the attitude just towards sort of, you know, like, oh, if if you're unyielding, then clearly you have no personality. You know, it's just kind of an an attitude that we have. the whole attitude in these movies. Mm -hmm. You're right. You're 100% right. And that's sort of the way that, I know it's Warner Brothers has the problem, but Zack Snyder, they've kind of put Zack Snyder in charge of this universe. And he's put Man of Steel, Batman, Superman, Justice League. Right. That's sort of been the thing, and that's this sort of is, his attitude, isn't it? Like, being a good guy is boring. Right. So let's have them say the F word and shoot people in the face. The, the, that's cool. The perfect, like, parallel to this is what Marvel did with Captain America. Huh. Yeah. I mean, Captain America exactly. and Superman, right? It's all about the same values, right? Well, yeah, exactly. they're pretty much the, the competitors, right, in the early... In the early days, they they were competitor for like the all American superhero. Right. So yes. Marvel, Kevin Feige, and Disney all take a look at Captain America and they say, you know what? Like, let's like really dig into this like nineteen forties sense of morality mm-hmm. and go with it. Language. And <laughs> language. <laughs> it's like, but I mean, they Disney embraced it. They embraced mm-hmm. who that character was at his core, even though there was this huge question mark of does it translate to the 2000s? Mm-hmm. Does it translate to this new century? You know what it does? 
Yeah. And I think DC and Zack Snyder took a look at Superman and said, screw it, throw all those values out the window and let's just like make him a little bit of a bad boy version of Superman. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it, I think those two things side by side, tell me which one's been more successful. Mm-hmm. Oh, by far Marvel and Captain America. And it's because the core of your audience knows who Captain America is. Mm-hmm. The core of your audience knows who Superman is. And it's the Christopher Reeves version of Superman. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I would say even more than Captain America, not just the core of your audience, every daggum person in this country knows that Superman stands for truth, justice, and the American way. Right. And we've talked about that repeatedly on this show. Like, Mm -hmm. he is a critical piece of Americana. Mm -hmm. That's the reason, that's the, I mean, there's a reason that Superman was the first one on all of our lists for the Mount Rushmore of superheroes. Mm -hmm. Because Mm -hmm. that's who that character is. He is a piece of the American mythology. Mm-hmm. And Warner Brothers and Zack Snyder said, ah, throw it out and just rewrite the character. Right. Yeah, they have treated it like a joke. Like, I guarantee you that Zack Snyder probably watched the Christopher Reeves Superman movies and thought they were the dumbest, stupidest thing that has ever been made. Mm-hmm. And he probably read a couple of the comic books and laughed at them and thought they were dumb. I mean, Here's the thing about Zack Snyder. He is a wonderful visual filmmaker. He probably makes some of the best looking movies ever. 300 and Watchmen are Mm -hmm. stunningly beautiful. Um, that's a, the, the reason people like Watchmen is because he pretty much perfectly recreated the comic book. Right. Visually speaking. Right. And so that's kind of my thing. Like he is a incredible visual filmmaker. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I Superman don't has some good, wonderful shots. It does. I don't the love all the of the stylization. The I don't love all the stylization they went for in some in like BVS, but mm-hmm. it's still they're really pretty shots. They're they're well shot. They're interesting. Yeah. They're creative. They're not necessarily my taste, mm-hmm. but and, and the problem is, I feel like to Snyder, that's as deep as it gets, and hmm. that's all that right matters. It's very superficial. It's does it look cool and does it sound awesome mm-hmm. when Batman shoots a uses a gun to shoot a tank that explodes like a tank of gasoline that explodes and kills somebody. And then he says a funny one-liner that's as far as it goes for him. Mm-hmm. And you know, if you're a fan and that's as far as it goes for you, good for you. I hope you enjoy it, but it just doesn't work for me at all. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's not gonna, I mean like literally the only DC movies I like are the ones that Zack Snyder isn't involved in. And it's because he, I just don't, he doesn't get the characters. Can you imagine just, if he had done Shazam? Oh gosh. <laughs> Oh my god! That it would ruin it. He certainly would never have cast Zachary Levi. Wouldn't have cast Zachary Levi. Would have been nearly as fun. It'd be because it's it's very superficial and edgy, and there's so much more to these characters. I mean, I I say Mm -hmm. DC started. DC started this race 
halfway to the finish line while Marvel was still at the starting line mm-hmm. with these characters, with Absolutely. Batman and Superman. Mm-hmm. And they lost. Mm-hmm. They yeah. lost. Like, it it you, blows my mind. It's like you had to make a real effort to for Captain to America fail. to be a, a more popular character than mm-hmm. Batman. <laughs> right. And Iron Man. Like, and, but, but Marvel... Understood, mm-hmm. and they took and they told a story over ten years mm-hmm. that was just about the characters. Mm-hmm. It's the most important thing is the characters and what they do and how they grow and what they mean. Saying having Superman saying Martha is as far as the character growth gets in these in in in, in the DC movies. And then Batman suddenly being his best friend because he said the word Martha. Um, I could go on forever about it, so I'm going to have to stop. I think I made my point. (laughs) And we got to get to more Your dad's not here to defend it. Yeah, I know. Um, So I need. So I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop and let you guys finish up your thoughts on it, and then I'll move on. That's pretty much. That's pretty much it. Like why? Why? Why does it have to be? Why does everything have to be like, ooh, let's make it dark? Like, I don't want a dark superhero movie. I want something I can watch with my kids. I don't want Batman to say the F word. No, I, I, you I know, want... It can be dark. The Dark Knight is dark. Yeah. But it, but it's still Batman. Right. You know, it, it doesn't have to be edgy. And... Well, and that's, and that's the real question. And that's kind of what I went to when we talked about the possibility of R-rated Star Wars. When we talked about that a few weeks back. Is that like what are you really asking for? Mm-hmm. Um, I, More sex, nudity. I think we blood. did that. Whose show were that? Was uh, oh, we were on Force of Light, we were on Force of Light. Um, and we talked about that with them. And, and it's like, what are you know, like you can make like Lord of the Rings, those are PG 13. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Batman trilogy is PG 13. And like you can tell some like, real stories with some real gravitas. Reve- you know, Revenge of the Sith. Some pretty, pretty dark, dark moments in there. Yeah. PG thirteen. Kills it's, kids, bro. It's like yeah. sorry, younglings. <laughs> right. So <laughs> I mean, like just when, like when you on, when you're yeah. just like all in of I want R rated Batman or Star Wars or R rated Superman or whatever it is you want. It's like what are let's let's step back and let's clarify what exactly are you asking for so because you're asking really you're asking for one of three things you're asking for batman to drop f-bombs lots more than two or three are your one if it's in reference to actual sex okay um up to three depending on the how it's context the context um (laughs) and then are are you asking for like graphic sexual content in a Batman movie? Are you asking for Batman to do meth? <laughs> like you, you know you're you're asking or for him to like slaughter people and there be rivers of blood that you could paint this. Eastern but I mean that's with. really yeah. ultimately the three things that lead to an R rating are language, extreme gory violence. I guess that's really four things: extreme gory violence actual sexual content or drug use. 
Those are the four things that lead to an R rating. And so when you step back and you look at it like that, why would you want an R-rated Batman or... It's like, let's just make an R-rated Spider-Man movie, Marisha. What do you think? And the only way that that works, and the reason it sometimes works in comic books, is because it's always in juxtaposition to actual Batman. It's always this alternate universe to say, Mm -hmm. hey, look at what Batman isn't. Look at at how horrible it would be if Batman shot people and did drugs. And look... And they'll they'll be there was there was a story about Batman doing drugs, but it's about him doing drugs and how horrible it was that he that he did it and how he overcame it and overcame addiction. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's all there's there there is room for these kind of stories to be told, but always with a purpose behind it, and always in what and as a foil to what these characters actually are. Yeah, there is. Here's the greatest example. There is a comic book about Superman um, murdering uh, the m- murdering Shazam and Green Arrow and the Joker okay. and uh, becoming a dictator. It's called Injustice. It's a video game. We've all read it. And there's a re- here's the thing. It's a story that happens over there. As if to say, wow, look at how messed up that is. Right. And, and they have to bring the actual characters to the universe to fix it. Because it's messed up. Because it's not supposed to happen. Well, I feel like Zack Snyder looks at that and goes, oh man, that's so cool. Look at what Batman could be. Look at what Batman and Superman could be. Exactly. Right. And that's my bad. And like, there's there's room for that kind of storytelling, but just I just want to I want to see a real Justice League movie. That's what I want so badly. And yeah. maybe in ten years we'll get it um, with like you know heroes saving people and <laughs> being friends, doing that's heroic. Like, I want to see them be friends. Yeah, right. Batman and Superman work because they're friends. The reason that Dark Knight Returns works is because they're they're friends. And it's tragic that they're fighting. Mm-hmm. Like that's the whole point. They're friends. They're good people. Like when Superman has a son, he makes Batman the Godfather. Like that's that's why it works when they do fight. You can't just start off with that. It just doesn't. Okay, uh, I said I was going to stop. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, and, I think I've said uh, everything I've got to say about it. I it just right. I, it goes back. I mean, you, you're right. The first thing you said was that he still doesn't get it. And I agree with that 100%. All that to say, he does not get it. He does not get it. For him to get to make his movie, I guess. Yeah, but I mean, he's going to make a crap ton of money on it. Yeah. And uh, we'll see how much money it loses when they put it on HBO Max. Well, I mean, it's already been out. I mean, it's a released movie. It's a director's cut. I don't know how much money they spent making it, but... All the reshoots they did—they've completely redone some of the CGI. To to be clear, this was right, but they didn't have to go back and reshoot. They just—they're using stuff he had shot already, right? They did a crap ton of reshoots. Like since they announced the Snyder Cut, yes, it's definitely cheaper than making a full movie for sure. So the deal with this one is this one isn't one that's getting dumped on HBO Max. 
Uh-huh. This one was always slated only for HBO. Okay, Max. yeah. This is their big exclusive that they're hoping to sell mm-hmm. a whole bunch of subscriptions with. Yeah. And, and good for them. I hope they do. Um, so moving on from that, there is one more piece of non-Marvel that we're not going to spend less than 30 seconds on. We're getting a new Mass Effect game, baby, and it's actually set right after 3, not this Andromeda crap, and we're getting the Legendary Edition remasters. I could not be more excited. If you have not played Mass Effect before, and you're a sci-fi fan, this is the time to do it, because we're getting the Legendary Edition re-releases. It's going to be remastered. It looks beautiful. It's, it's, it's 100% worth playing. It's an excellent trilogy. The ending kind of fails, but it's a great piece of sci-fi um, world building and characters, and it's a super amazing experience to play. Um, uh, it, EA Access is now combined with Xbox Game Pass, so Andrew, Ooh. there's a good chance Legendary Edition might end up on Game Pass because of EA Access. Right. Um, definitely... This is the time to do it. Mass Effect is the best. Mass and I could not be more thing. excited. Um, so, so I love finally, that the ending kind of falls flat was part of your pitch. <laughs> yeah, well, I got to get it out there. because Everybody hates the ending. It's, it's notorious. But we're getting a fourth one, so it's not the real... So it's fine. That, so, wasn't, that wasn't the ending. It wasn't the end, There's right? There's another one. There's coming. another season of Game of Thrones, and that's not really how it ends. <laughs> It's actually a really great comparison. That's pretty much exactly what this is. <laughs> so as soon as you said um, that, I was like, yes, because sci-fi fans have proven that, you know, they can get past a crappy ending if there's been world building and, you know, <laughs> beautiful action sequences, <laughs> right? No, that's a great point, Marisha. I really should rethink my marketing strategy. Um, anyway, finally, let's move on to the Marvel stuff. So there's so much Marvel stuff, so we're kind of split it up, and I'm oh. going to jump right into the Marvel yes. show news. And it looks like we're going to have to do our Marvel movie news on the follow-up episode to this one. Um, there's just so much to cover, so much. and I don't want to, I don't want to like skip over any of this Marvel show news because it's, it, it's really cool stuff, even though it's a show, not a movie. I think they're proving that the, the lines are going to kind of be blurred there. Mm-hmm. Um, so Marvel show news, we Disney announced that there will be 10 live action shows in the next 10 years. So we know what a few of those are going to be. I didn't even count them. I don't know if they even announced them all, but we got a lot of new ones announced and we got some trailers for ones we already knew were coming. Um, so first off the small one, we got a first look at Kate Bishop and Hawkeye, which yes. finally confirmed that, uh, Haley Steinfeld is playing Kate Bishop. She's purple. Yeah. Um, she Hulk casting rumors have been confirmed and they will feature, uh, she Hulk will also feature Tim Roth returning, as Abomination and Mark Ruffalo is going to be in the show uh, How officially. About yeah. that, I can't. Tim Ross bl- the big one. Well, right? That to me, that was one of the biggest announcements. And of, of course, uh, Tatiana Maslany. Lie, lie, lie. <coughs> uh, T- uh, Tatiana Maslany, who was originally rumored to be playing Jen Walters. And then a few weeks later said, nope, not me. I'm not playing She-Hulk. And then, uh, you know, they turned around and announced that she is. Mm -hmm. I guess she wasn't allowed to officially say anything yet. But to me, this Tim Roth thing is probably the biggest announcement in any of the TV stuff 
for the sole reason that it finally acknowledges that that Hulk movie does really exist mm-hmm. in the MCU. Yep. Yeah, the only connection was Gen- uh, General Thunderbolt Ross, who I'm sure we're going to hear is confirmed being She-Hulk. I wouldn't even be surprised if he becomes Red Hulk uh, in this show. But that was the only connection. It was very loose. This was the most shocking news to me by mm-hmm. far. And it's such a small thing, but like, wow, Tim Roth's going to be back. And he's going to be Abomination. Mm-hmm. That's great. Cool, I guess. I like Tim Roth. <laughs> I mean, I really, the thing is, I really liked that first movie. Like, way more than I had any business liking a Hulk movie. Um, yeah, you and the two other people must have really loved that movie. I really liked the movie. Um, and so I'm glad to see that after, like, can totally pretending like it didn't exist for the past 10 years that it's finally like, okay, we're like relenting and mm-hmm. just kind of going to move past that whole re and honestly, I kind of wonder if it's a, especially since they're recasting, um, you know, some, some other characters, uh, at least one other character. Mm-hmm. It, it makes me kind of wonder if this is sort of a sign that they're like, maybe going to loosen the reins a little bit on the recasting thing, you know, that we don't, it, it's inevitable eventually. So now that we're going to have at least, you know, start having some recasted characters, maybe we can quit pretending like that first movie doesn't count because mm-hmm. it had a different Bruce Banner. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, right. That's a good point. I didn't even think about that, that the Cassie Lang's being recast. And so maybe it's like, yeah, absolutely. That is example of that. We can acknowledge, even though there was a different, um, uh, Bruce Banner, it's fine. Who cares? Who cares at this point? Right. Um, so it's really cool to see that. Um, I'm excited to see more Mark Ruffalo, uh, in, in, in the shows. That's going to be, it's going to be great. I can't wait for that show. Yeah, well, it's an interesting choice for director as well with Cat uh, Coro. Uh, oh, I didn't see that. Who has worked on Brooklyn Nine-Nine, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, and Modern Family. Jeez. That is not someone I would expect for a superhero show, but <laughs> maybe that's a hint at sort of the tone they're going to go for. I, yeah, I would assume so. And. I Which, mean, that sounds great. I mean, I think that kind of works for what little I know of the character. Um, yeah, I agree. So another th- one thing that I'm curious about, I mean, obviously when people think about breaking the fourth wall, it's all about Deadpool. But I mean, Jen mm-hmm. Walters is a character in the comics that breaks the fourth wall pretty regularly. Yeah, right? she was doing it long before Deadpool was. So I'm, I'm um, curious to see if they'll do that. Yeah, I haven't even thought about that. My vote, my my guess would probably be no, because it's not really a thing that people think about. But if they do, maybe even once or twice, there's like a wink and nod to that. I mean, kind of like a la Ferris Bueller. Exactly. I would mark out. Uh, That'd be awesome. Um, Marking out is a a wrestling terminology for meaning being excited. Um, Yeah, that would be awesome. I, I I would love it if they did that. Um, I don't know if I want a whole show like that. Yeah, I don't think it needs to be constant. But if it happens like a couple of times through the season, I think that would be pretty mm-hmm. cool. 
Yeah, and I think that they've proven with like the just the WandaVision trailer that and what if trailer and the Loki trailer that they are not afraid to do some different TV shows and do some different tones. Let's see Brooklyn Nine Nine in the Marvel Universe starring She Hulk. That sounds freaking fantastic. Um, that that would be great. So that was the She Hulk casting rumors. Uh, sort of in the same realm, we had a, Moon Knight was finally confirmed to actually be a show um, that they are making. Yeah. Um, I mean, we already knew it, but now it's the first time apparently it's been officially confirmed. Um, and then we had a bunch of series announced, and we had a bunch of trailers drop. So I say let's go straight into the let's talk about uh, the trailers that came out because I'm sure we've all seen them all the trailers, right? We had a yeah. Loki trailer, a WandaVision trailer, a Falcon Winter Soldier trailer, and a What If trailer. Um, so let me ask you just 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 answer uh, which of these trailers did you? most like so, andrew which uh which trailer do you like the most i think as far as like legit like like trailers i, I really probably the loki trailer that is definitely my answer as well that trailer looks epic um i love that he's db cooper yeah that's awesome um so let's talk about the loki trailer first thing because i think that we're both on the same page and i'm guessing marisha's going to be too that uh, this trailer was freaking awesome. Um, I had no idea what to expect with it. Uh, you really, we really weren't sure what the show was going to be, but now it's, it's multiverse time traveling on the run from space, uh, from time traveling cops, just doing epic stuff. Show it, it looks like so much fun. Um, Owen Wilson, yep. that's his name, right? Yeah, uh, the wow guy. Uh, that blew my mind. I had no idea he was going to be in the show. Um, if even if he had been announced, I just forgot probably. And so to see him with that mustache and cut hair, it just it, it lit. It, it, it made me light up a smile uh, that could be seen for miles. Um, I'm pretty sure I saw awesome. it from here. The smile. Uh, yeah. I saw it all the uh, way in Natchez. What what do you think about the Loki trailer, Marisha? Oh my gosh, I love the Loki trailer. Okay. I knew you would. You I mean, I, I like I've always liked Loki. Loki's just a fun character. Um and like, you know, redemption arc Loki, it's like okay, you know, we can appreciate his redemption mm -hmm. arc. But like full on, you never have the faintest clue what the heck this crazy man is going to do next loki he's my favorite and so the fact that we get to see this loki again is just you know, said that the the promo image that they're kind of using you know with him in that ridiculous helmet with those little bitty horns standing there in the torn coat you know like i have mm -hmm. returned you know i am here oh my gosh yeah um I, I really just want to, it looks like he, where where does he wind up? In like ancient Mongolia or something? All I mean, over the place. I, I mean, you know, this is, this is going to be pretty wild with the time travel kind of hopping from place to place. So, yeah. who knows? I mean, here's where we see Luke, Loki like, I mean, he's a god of mischief, but I think this is where we are going to see him really making a name for himself in ancient mythology as the trickster, the troublemaker. 
He's DB Cooper. Yes, he's DB Cooper. That is, that's the best. Yeah. And the reason DB Cooper was never found was because Heimdall rescued him. Um, obviously, I mean clearly. Uh, that was awesome. And then when you actually look at the DB the uh, DB Cooper uh, sketch that was made. Yep, that's 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 Loki. That's about right. Uh, <laughs> I know, it's like I saw that and so I was like, awesome. "Oh, you've got to be kidding me!" Yeah, yeah, he's on the plane with the gl- oh man, that the was glasses. awesome. Um, Loki trailer that might be the show I'm most excited for now. Might have jumped up because that trailer was uh, Marisha. Was that your favorite trailer uh, of the ones we saw? I mean, maybe I really did like the Loki trailer. Um, However, that that one division trailer was pretty um, pretty great too. So I think those are probably in the runnings. Yeah. And the thing is, I mean, when and is Loki been... even coming out? Do we know? May. Okay. Yeah, All right. So like yeah. it, it to some degree, it's like when you're like, oh, and it's coming out in three years. You're like, I mean, yay, eventually. But yeah, yeah. May May I can, I can get pretty pretty excited about something that's coming out that soon. Right. Well, I mean, I don't I don't know if y'all realized. I mean. The, the timeline on this is, um, I, I mean, with the with these shows, you've got um, WandaVision in January. You've got Falcon and Winter Soldier in March. You've got Loki in wow. May. Mm-hmm. And you've got Miss um, Marvel in sometime in the later part of the year. And some of these uh, animated you know what ifs coming? What if I hadn't really looked at the uh summer twenty twenty one. So it looks fall. like they should be just pretty much dropping one after the other. It looks to me like at least five of these are dropping this coming year. That's awesome. It's mind blowing. It's awesome. I can't wait. Let's jump and talk about the WandaVision trailer. Um just as good as, as the other trailer trailers oh that we've gosh. gotten. Yes. Um, arguably more of the same, but I, I love what it is, so I'm not going to complain with more of the same. It just This show looks like so much fun. It's so different from anything we've gotten. It's going to be... I can tell that it's, it's going to be one of my favorites just because of how um, visually interesting it's going to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's obvious that they're taking a big risk with this one and they're really just going all out with trying to make something different and fun. A big a big complaint about the MCU is that all the movies are the same. Not this. It's not anymore, mm-hmm. man. Not, not, and this isn't a movie, but it's, it's close enough. Right. Um, not this. Yeah, so Marisha, you obviously love this trailer. Please tell us more about what you thought. Okay, so did anybody else think that the nosy neighbor was definitely Idina Menzel? Like, I was just out of, like, Googling it, and, like, I couldn't find it. I was like, come on, I've got to find it. It's not. Turns out, after all that time I spent, it's definitely not. So we will not be seeing Elsa in WandaVision. But in spite of that, I mean, like, what is not to love about the quirky, like, sitcom start? It's very bewitched. Um you know, and I, I've always really have really enjoyed classic sitcoms. I love me some, I love Lucy, you know, and even your, mm-hmm. um, you know, Dick Van Dyke, those kinds of things. And it looks like they're really going to lean into, um, a couple of different eras of sitcoms. So it looks like we're getting some very Brady Bunch 
uh, kind of looking stuff, you know, in the 70s. So I'm I'm really excited to kind of see the the callbacks um, and just the sort of weird world that um, it looks like Wanda has created or someone has created. Yeah. It, it's um, what I liked about this trailer because again we've seen most of these shots. Mm-hmm. What we didn't get in those previous trailers was we really didn't get to hear any of the dialogue. Yeah, we did in this one. We finally got to hear. And kind of get a little bit of a setup for what's going on. Uh-huh. So, so we got to hear a little more of that. Um, it's interesting to me that, um, is it Monica Rambo? Yes. Yeah. That her character is going to show, for, you know, who is also going to be in the new uh, Captain Marvel Captain film. Marvel. Mm-hmm. You know, this adult version of that character mm-hmm. who we saw as a kid in the original uh, Captain Marvel is going to pop up in this, and uh, that's interesting. Yeah, I I think this show of all of them, I I really love the idea of the Loki series and this one. While I think the Loki series has largely been set off to do its own thing with very little impact on the primary storyline. Right. I think this one is like dead at the center of what is coming in Marvel films for the next couple of years. I agree. It almost looks like they're building it around Wanda. Um, you know, coming out of Endgame, she was one of the few uh, Avengers left right. um, who could carry it. And and I really like actual like like, doc, like Doctor Strange was never an Avenger is what I'm saying like people who are actually like mm-hmm. part of the team called Avengers uh, she was one of the few left and um she's done a whole she's done a whole lot of important stuff in the comics and it looks like they're they're really taking that and they're gonna use her to her full potential as a character who has the ability to completely shape the way that the universe is going and I and I think you're right just from the rumors and stuff that we know is coming, they it's clear to me that they have a storyline for the MCU in mind. Mm-hmm. They have the next phase of what it's going to be about. It's yeah. going to be about the multiverse. And they're using Wanda to her fullest potential to make that happen. Not just multiverse, but like strange things going on in the multiverse and with magic that are going to be what's causing the problems for the MCU. Right. Um, well, we know she's going to play a big role in the Doctor, Doctor Strange, Strange film. And with characters. And Doctor Strange is going to be a big role in Spider-Man 3. And it's probably just going right. to go so on and so on. Right. It's, it's all connected. And it's it's going to be this in the sort of the same way that I think the Infinity Stones were the big um, connecting thing between... Avengers to Endgame, I think that whatever starts here in WandaVision is going to weave its way through most of the MCU stuff that's coming up. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, so. I also enjoyed that even though we see a lot, like we don't, we have no idea what's going on. Um, we don't know. It, I, nothing has been spoiled for us at all. Right. We're, we're, we're getting to go into this blind in a very good way like it's it's we get to unravel it um, yeah i have no idea what's going on and I, i'm excited to know what's going on 
Absolutely. Um, and I feel like they've done a great job with like teasing, like this is intriguing and cool, but have not. And, and Marvel's always been pretty good about not giving away major plot points with their trailers. But mm-hmm. trailers have become such an art form of themselves, you know, in the past few years. There's so much expectation around trailers. A lot of times people, kind of, or, you know, studios kind of cave to the pressure of, like, make a super cool trailer and, and sacrifice some of the... Um, exciting moments from yes, the movie. Yes, exactly. The exciting moments from from the movie or from the show. And I think that they have done a really great job walking that line of being um, like, you know, and here's, some, you know, here's some really cool things from this without like giving you any idea of the direction that it's going to go. And can I just say that I am super excited about the costume design in this movie. It looks like so much fun down to yeah. the full on comic book Wanda and vision. As their you know, Halloween costumes. As, as their Halloween costumes. Yeah. Like, they go as themselves for Halloween. How I mean, how badass is that? That's awesome. Uh-huh. I love it. Yeah, it looks like there's a lot of cool stuff. I mean, there's even a little shot in that trailer that kind of looks like uh, a little bit of an ode to uh, Christopher Reeve's Superman, where he, he's kind of yeah. flying up and turning to look back down at everything. And it's like, mm-hmm. I mean, it's almost like a... It's almost like a duplicate of that shot from that. Oh Superman. my gosh, guys! I just realized you mentioned shots and stuff. We didn't talk about it in the Loki trailer. How about that shot of Black Widow in the Loki trailer? Wait, what? I didn't see in Black the Loki Widow trailer. There was a shot of that was totally Black Widow, like in the Soul Realm or something like that, sitting on a rock, and Loki's there, like in that dimension, looking at her. Wait a second. Oh, that's wild. I didn't see this. I missed Y'all it. Y'all didn't notice that? In the I didn't Loki notice trailer? it. No. So wait, now it's we gotta watch it again. Hang stunningly on. Stunningly beautiful redhead sitting on a rock in the soul in the soul universe. I, I might not be Black Widow, but everyone's saying oh that's totally gosh. Black Widow. Okay. This is I just just this came to my head. Like I, I don't know yes, how I forgot about this. This is definitely a thing that should be discussed. Where about where is it in the trailer? Do you know? I'm not sure, but I'm looking up. Maybe if I can get like just a image from that trailer, um, uh, I can I can. T- oh, I'm right sure now. it was right there. Um, you see it? No, no. Now it might not be her. I mean, it looks like there's like a sword or something on her side, so it might not be Black Widow. Kind of looks like Black Widow to me. I mean, it could be interesting. The it's inf- purple, the thing so it is- might not be the sword. Oh, oh yeah. No, that's that's totally that's totally Black Widow. I'm looking at it now, and I how did I, I miss that? Yeah, he was know. really it's, short. It's a very quick, like one second shot. Yeah, I think you're right. I think that is definitely her. I, I mean, who knows? I I've never been fully convinced that they weren't going to bring try to find some way to bring her back. I, I think. I mean, honestly, I know some people get upset and talk about well, that cheapens her sacrifice and i i don't think that it does because i think that it's like yeah. sacrifice is an intent right yeah if i do a good thing for somebody it's not my fault if they go do a bad thing with what i gave them and because if you willingly sacrifice yourself if if you know eventually you get to come back to life that doesn't mean you didn't like make that sacrifice because you didn't know they were going to you know bring you back i mean so here's the mm-hmm. thing about like Typical sci-fi pseudoscience 
basically contends that, okay, I mean, what, uh, the, I mean, like real science contends too, that uh, power cannot be created or destroyed, right? But generally that comes out in some really weird ways in sci-fi. So it stands to reason that based on standard sci-fi logic, the power in the Infinity Stones is not gone. It is no longer contained in the Infinity Stones, but it still exists. So I think that one of the things that we will probably see in this next um, epoch is going to be that the power in the Infinity Stones is not contained anymore. It's loose. And it's going to do different and unexpected things. So yeah, go, Loki being in the soul realm, that, that kind of works, mm -hmm. right? That works to me. Um, it makes sense. They have a bit of a connection from that scene in Avengers. Yep. Um, where they spend a good bit of time of that movie talking to each other. Mm -hmm. um, and this is a Loki who's fresh off of that scene. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so, yeah, I mean, I don't, I, I, I'm seeing stuff about like, will he resurrect her himself with the power of the cosmic cube that he possesses? Like who knows? It once again, it might not be black widow at all. Yeah. Um, it, it might not be, but yeah, I mean, when you see the shot, yeah, it definitely screams they, black widow. They would not have put that shot in there. Like whoever put that shot in there had to have known, Oh yeah, they're going to think that's black widow. Right. Yeah. Um, it's intentional, obviously. So yeah, yeah, that's pretty big. Um, so we have a couple more trailers. Uh, we had the Falcon Winter Soldier trailer, which to me was the most boring, well, m most typical, like, yep, this is the MCU. Uh, right, yeah. But, but it's, it's just the most expected, I think. Right. Well, it's going to be the show that probably feels the most like a traditional MCU movie. Which makes sense. Yeah. Um, Which is fine. It's like also, things. you know, going to be the most normal. It's going to be the less trippy of mm -hmm. the three. You know, mm -hmm. these other these other two are going to just be wild and all over the place. Right. Which I'll probably enjoy, um, you know, after WandaVision. I'll probably mm -hmm. like having a little bit of just good old Falcon and Winter Soldier shooting people with guns. Right. Uh, Wow, I was just complaining about Batman shooting people with guns, but now yeah, I'm saying Yeah, but everybody like, knows that Falcon and Winter Soldier shoot people with guns. Right. Yeah, so it's fine. That's like, like, Winter Soldier? The good old, like, mm -hmm. he's flying around on Earth in the real world. Mm -hmm. They're dudes. Just doing dude stuff. <laughs> Being people. Like, it's going to be a nice refresher. Yeah, I think so. And they, they had such a fun dynamic you know, whenever mm -hmm. we saw them, especially sitting in that, you know, watching Steve, you know, sitting in that in that van, yeah, in, in, in a yeah. Civil War, you in, know, in Civil War, yeah. I, it, it, I really hate you. <laughs> I'm like, oh, this is gonna yeah, be fun. <laughs> I feel like they're in some I mean, ways they're very definitely doing the just kind of classic buddy cop, mm -hmm. the two partners that they, they don't awesome. necessarily love each other when they start out, but. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think this is going to be fun. I, they're bringing in some interesting villains. As far as the trailer, I, I mean, I don't know that they really showed us a whole lot that 
is real surprising. No. We saw Zemo. No, just, right. Briefly. It's going to be cool. It's going to be cool. Yeah, and I think, like you mm-hmm. said, I think it might be kind of a nice reprieve from, like, the really weird in one division. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so if they kind of choose to go that, like, and here's weird, and here's kind of normal, and here's really weird again, and, you know, here's mm-hmm. something a little more run-of-the-mill, that might actually be a nice balance. Well, I think this one is going to be the little bit more, like, personal story Yeah. in some ways. And, that, I mean, it opens mm-hmm. up on this memorial to Steve Rogers. Right. Like, that's the first shot in the trailer. And these were his two closest friends. Yeah. Like, Poor and these, these are two guys. This was his, his friend from when he was a kid. And this was his friend from when he, like, came into this new world that he didn't know. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and they're both having to deal with, his, with him being gone. Right. And so I, I think that's where the interesting part of this story plays out. And, mm-hmm. and them kind of you know, working their way through the fact that Steve Rogers is gone. Poor Bucky. He just can't get a break. Like, sucks to be him, man. (laughs) You know what's funny to me? How come Steve Rogers is the one who got to go back in time and live his full life? Like, doesn't, isn't Bucky the one who deserves that? He was the one who was like experimented on by Nazis. Mm -hmm. Uh, Soviets. I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> well, no, it was in the movie. It was Hydra. Was it Hydra? Hydra. It was Hydra Soviet got him first. Hydra. Okay. Yeah. And then the Soviets in the inherited it was him. Soviets. He just happened to be bad on, guys. Yeah. Bad guys he, experimented on. Him. He had already been experimented on when Steve finds him and rescues him. Uh, Steve right. finds him in a different room and says, what did they do to you? Right, yeah. Right, which is how they would survive the fall in the first place. And then, yeah, I think you're right. The Soviets got him. But then by the time Captain America Winter Soldier rolls around, he's under the control of Hydra. Right. Yes. Yeah. He See, he's been like, he's been experimented on by all kinds of bad guys. Nazis, yeah, Soviets, Hydras. I mean, Jeez. He had to kill Tony Stark's parents. Like this man deserves the rest. Yeah, he really does. Just give him a haircut and send him on his way. <laughs> you know, honestly, though, I feel like Steve, like, like in all seriousness, I feel like Steve Rogers had kind of, he had grown up a lot, but he he wasn't a fundamentally different person. Like he could still go back to the world that he loved, and have a life i feel like bucky had been so sometimes you can't go back like and that's just a a tragic reality in life is sometimes i mean even if you could theoretically go back to the world that you left and the people you loved sometimes you know life does things to you that are Mm -hmm. terrible enough that you can't ever go back. Yeah. And I don't think Bucky can ever go back. Like, yes, you does he deserve I, to get to go back and have a great life? Yeah. But he also, I don't think, could cope with that life again. I think that he has to go forward as the person he is now. And I think, I hope that's a theme that they approach with this show. And I, and I hope they, the way I sort of see it is I think Bucky has more left to do. Mm-hmm. He's not done. Um, while Captain America, he's done 
dude. Mm-hmm. You know, he's paid his dues. Well, you could argue that Bucky spent, even though he was in mind control, I mean, he's done a lot of really awful things, mm-hmm. um, even though it wasn't him doing it. And so he sort of has, he still has some redemption. He does. That he has to go through. And, and I hope they, I hope they play with that theme mm-hmm. um, of, Maybe Bucky could have gone back with Steve, but he chose not to because there's just more left to do. And the thing is, he, ha- you know, Steve, he t- sort of ties up all his ends and gets to go back. Like Bucky right. still has a lot of loose ends going. And I think that because in spite of the fact that he's had all these things done to him, he is still fundamentally a World War II GI. And that's who he is. He is he is a product of that era. And he can't just leave all of these things that he's done and just be like, wash my hands and like leave it. And he's got to go now, go fix it, I think. Yeah. Well, Captain America made peace. Yeah. He is not at peace. So that'll be really interesting. Um, there's a lot. I, I, there's gonna, obviously there's going to be fights over who gets the shield, not just between Falcon and Bucky. I think Bucky's going to respect that Steve gave Falcon the shield. Mm-hmm. But between the American government and their you, they, you know, they got that guy running out to the football field as Captain America. Mm-hmm. Um, they're probably going to play off of like the, they're probably going to uh, approach the idea of people not accepting Sam as Captain America because of his skin color. That's probably a theme they're going to touch on. Mm-hmm. Um, they definitely did in the comic books, and they might not outright say it. But I could definitely see that being like an underlying thing of like, you know, this this white guy in a suit giving it to a a white guy at a football game because that's the American. That's the true American or whatever. Like that could be a theme that is probably going to be played on. The thing is, in this trailer, we don't get a lot of those interesting themes. No, Um, I think there's a lot of cool stuff they could do. But in this trailer, it's very action packed and the action looks great. Mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm down for some good old fashioned MCU action. That yeah. kind of rhymed. <laughs> it kind of did. But yeah, I mean, I think that's what you're. I think that's what this is. I think that's what you're getting, and you're you're getting these two two guys who their best friends go. Not just their best friend. They were kind of the sidekicks. And yeah. You know his his two sidekicks through different eras, and now they have to find who they are without him. And so I think there's a lot of interesting story there, and I think there's going to be a lot of really great action in the mix. Not to mention yeah, that I agree. Um, Anthony Mackie's, like, hilarious. Yeah. He's one of the best actors in the MCU. He, he really is. Um, so it's going to be great to see him get some more. Sebastian Stan's great, too. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to love the show. Yeah, I think uh, so. And... Next up, we got a trailer for another weird show, and it's an animated one, but god dang it, this is probably the one I was most excited for when they first announced it. What If? Mm-hmm. Um, what If is a classic comic book series where it's just the watcher going, so what if Black Panther was Star-Lord? Well, let's go to the universe and see what that would be like. <laughs> and they're yeah. doing it on screen and animated is going to be a great format for it. I love animated stuff. They got the they got the original actors, the voice act in it. It's going to be a really, really awesome show. Yeah. I can't wait to see the fun ideas that they got. 
I hope that we didn't see it all in the trailer. Like, I hope there's more episodes with stuff that we didn't see in the trailer. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, the trailer just like looks like fun. It's just going to be the cool stuff. What do you guys think about what if? It looks like fun. I the main thing I just want is I want the only thing I want from this series is I want a voice cameo from Stan Lee somewhere in it. Like that that's all I want out of this yeah. series. I wonder if they would have recorded that before. Maybe they could make up one with audio that already exists. I don't know. But mm-hmm. yeah, I mean like that'd be awesome. Yeah, well there may be something. I know for some of these these scenes that he did in these movies, they recorded like 30 or 40 lines, mm-hmm. different lines, and mm-hmm. just picked one, finally, you know, settled on which one to use. So I know they have this database of unused Stanley cameos. Mm-hmm. So Same weird stuff. Be really nice if they could find a way to have, yeah. to have his voice hidden in there somewhere. Mm-hmm. We know, and he also voiced. Um, on the superhero squad, he voiced the mayor, right? And he has quite a bit of dialogue in there, so I'm sure that Marvel owns enough. Yeah, Stanley right. saying things. I mean, they could even have him in every episode if they want. I imagine. But this is an intriguing concept, and I, you know, I'm interested to see what they do. And I don't think they showed us too much. I mean, they really didn't show us that much. Most of what they showed us was what they're going to do with Peggy Carter. Mm-hmm. Uh, at least as far yeah. as ex- longer pieces of scenes. Um, you know, we saw a few cuts of, you know, this kind of alternate Star-Lord and and some of these other things. So I, I don't know. The Zombies one's going to be my favorite because mm-hmm. Marvel Zombies is, it's a garbage book. It's, it's garbage, <laughs> but in a good way. Um, I believe it is written by Robert Kirkman. Okay. The guy who made Walking Dead. Right. Um, it's, it's awful. It's just horrifying stuff. And like one of them is like, there's this scene. Oh God, please can we see this in what if? So, um, the Hulk as the Hulk eats someone's entire leg, but then when he shrinks back down to Mark Ruffalo, the legs too big for his stomach, so the so the leg just pops out of his stomach. But they can't feel pain. So he's like, oh man. But then later when he's hungry, he just keeps. He, he like takes the piece from the leg that is poking out of his stomach and eats another piece of it. Mm-mm. Yeah, this just—it's just insane zombie stuff. But in Marvel, it, man, it. Uh, and then Dear. they end up in, in the long run. They end up eating Galactus, and then they become Galactus, and they go to other planets and they eat the whole planet. Um, so they're Galactus. Yeah, it's great. So um, now we're gonna see that in the show, but. A man can dream. Um, <laughs> well, your pitches what are really if? something tonight. <laughs> yeah, no, these are actual books that already <laughs> exist. Uh, my, you're right. My pitches are on fire. I'm really, you're going to go out and buy Marvel Zombies. Absolutely. Tomorrow. It's it's garbage, but the good kind of garbage. <laughs> no, but it, you know what I mean. It's, it's, I, it's I like. Do. <laughs> yeah. You knew, you know, Robert Kirkman knew he wasn't writing a, uh, an award-winning series. Yeah, um, it was like this seems like this could be fun, and I think, but I think that that is what the series is for. Is I think it's just a place to explore some of the more weird and bizarre directions that, like, we totally aren't going in movies because there's like it's a dead end. 
but yeah, you can do it for an episode. Yeah, you're right. And um, it's going to be so much fun. It's going to be great. Obviously, it has no actual bearing on the MCU proper, but it'll be great. Um, I'm excited for that one. And I hope they continue it. Like, just, just drop a few of them every year. Um, yeah. It'll be fun. So that was all the trailers that we got, I believe, unless I missed one. That was all the trailers, right? It um, was. Also, uh, we had the Miss Marvel series uh, was officially confirmed, and it is coming out in 2021. Uh, we got the casting for it. Um, I don't have her name right in front of me. It, it slips my mind, but I do know it is, a, it is an unknown actress. She, she is, from what I could find, she has never done anything else. Um, I think we actually did talk about her a little bit before, uh, whenever that was announced, uh, about a month ago now, probably, um, there was a little bit of like a behind the scenes, like making of teaser that came out. Uh, you can tell that the people making it are pretty passionate about it. Mm -hmm. I'm excited for the Miss Marvel show. Um, and we also do know she's going to be showing up in Captain Marvel too. Right. So that's really, really cool. I love to see it connected. I was hoping that was going to happen. And that's going to come towards the end of 2021. It's going to be a great show. I, I really do think that it has the potential to be a really, really, really popular character. Yeah. Uh, the, the actress's name is Iman Vellani. Thank you. And, yeah, she's a, she's an unknown. Uh, she's adorable. found her, you know, through a whole bunch of... You know, kids that came in to audition, and I think that it sounded like everyone across the board was sold on her the moment they saw her. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Great. So, yeah, that show is going to be great. Uh, uh, we had a lot of great stuff coming out in 2021. Absolutely. We yep. do. And, and uh, this is one that, you know, across some of these others, and we're going to get into some of the others on, on next week's episode or I'm sorry, not next week, but the next episode, we will get into some of the ones that are coming a little later. But kind of a continuous theme through these, a lot of these is these new younger characters that are beginning to pop up. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Which is great. They're building for the future. They have a plan. They clearly yeah. have a plan. Right. Yeah. Um, which is more than you can say for a certain other company <laughs> um, that rhymes with... Uh, B-E. <laughs> I'm talking about DC. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I, I have... DC clearly has not had a real plan. Mm -hmm. uh, I have accused Star Wars or Lucasfilm for the last few years of not having a plan. Mm -hmm. Now, it appears that they finally have a plan. I think that they really didn't know what to do, and I think that Favreau and Filoni with that first season of The Mandalorian, I think it just opened up the playbook. I think that suddenly they went, okay, we can do this. Mm -hmm. Like, we can do all of these things and they'll be great. Um, but the one thing nobody has ever said is Kevin Feige doesn't have a plan. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I would actually like to know how far ahead he's planned this thing. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, the, the actors that they have recently cast are not just like a little younger. They are a lot younger. I mean, and yeah. and I mean, Paul Bet Paul Bettany is like 50. Robert Downey Jr., you know, even Chris Evans and um, 
you know, is, is 40 or so, you know, like, so several of their, their big, um, their big name, you know, leading the, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Their, their, their main franchise heroes are, you know, just not quite as young, um, as, as they were. And so, like, they're not just, like, casting people who are, like, oh, they're 30. Like, a lot of these actors are, like, 20. Um, so that that gives them a very, very long time to work with these characters. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, before they get to where they're just not up to playing superheroes anymore. Right. Yeah, you're definitely... Uh, right, they're planning for the future, and that's I'm sure that's a big concern because they did reach this point where, like, Chris, all of a sudden their top actors are leaving, and they want right. to avoid that. Um, and I think they're going to do a great job of doing it. I can't wait. I mean, me, I mean, I'll admit I had a little bit of my doubts at their end game. I'm sure many other people did too of uh, where the MCU was going to go. Mm -hmm. Um, it looks like they're going to go pretty strong for a good while. We ain't got nothing to worry about. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, so, and, and the thing is, is I don't think you make a movie like in game. If you don't have a plan because you're, right. you're dooming yourself. If you do, mm -hmm. you are correct. And Marvel just, I, I, I at this point, like I don't know how they can fail at this point. Your dad at some point, no, go ahead. They will have to make a very long series of horrible screw-ups mm -hmm. for them to fail at this point. Right. I remember your dad saying at some point, you know what? They could make a Squirrel Girl movie right now and I'd be on board with it. You know, it's That's like, true. if you can pull off Ant-Man, I mean, like... I bet it's coming. You know, like, okay, we just acknowledge that you can take any, you can take these absolute stupidest concept and make it work. So have fun with all the weird a raccoon, things. A talking raccoon riding a tree that just says, I am Groot. And it's like right. the most popular thing ever, you know. Like, how? Just, I love, it I love Marvel. Work. Yeah. I love Marvel. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Um, I could talk about all this stuff forever. And I know the podcast is getting a little long and we got some more to talk about on the next episode. So I'm going to go ahead and wrap us up here. Trust me. I'm sure all of us could go on about this stuff forever. Mm. Um, so I'm going to just cut it off right here while I still can. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening uh, to the episode. Don't forget to check out all of our previous episodes. We don't just cover news. We cover all sorts of fun topics. So you can go back, find some of those old ones. It won't just be outdated news. We'll talk about Mount Rushmore's of, of different topics. We're talking about the pillars of sci-fi, the pillars of fantasy. You can find all of that on our back catalog. And don't forget to subscribe, like, follow for our future episodes where we will talk all the latest news, our opinions on them, and also just numerous fun topics um, that, that we have lined up. It's a really fun podcast. Don't forget to give us a like, a follow, a review. Anything you can do to help us out. Um, thank you guys so much for listening once again. This has been David and Andrew. Where can people find you on the internet? Okay, you can find me running the Twitter account for this show at Sci underscore Fictionary. You can find me at 
thesciencefictionary.com. And, and speaking of all of these things, Marvel and Star Wars that dropped last week, there's an article for each of those to help you get caught up on all of the things that, that dropped. Uh, you can drop us a line at thesciencefictionary at gmail.com. And as always, be sure to check out to check out red5network.com to check out our podcast as well as the rest of our Red 5 podcast family. Awesome. And Marisha? Um, you can find me on my website, princessesandpadawans.com. Um, on Instagram, you can see the four things that I have posted this year because social media is depressing this year, y'all. Don't no, no judgment. Um, <laughs> and um, a little bit more, I've been a little more active on Twitter because um, that's the fun social media place to be in the world these days at um, P Padawans. All right. And you guys can find me on Twitter at David underscore JG Peoples. And on my YouTube channel, Creative D&D. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. And remember, language.